0: back to the kennedy dynasty podcast i'm your host allison and today i am joined by a new wonderful friend that i've made through the next gen program with the white house historical association and her name is Haley michael Haley, thank you for joining me today thank you so much for having me i'm so glad you're here so we were very fast friends because the second we met we were like oh my gosh, you're obsessed with Lincoln. And I was like, I'm obsessed with Kennedy. And then we talked about their similarities and then we just got along really, really well. <laughs> so it was probably the fastest friendship I've ever had in my life.
1: <laughs> I agree. we two peas in a pod.
0: <laughs> we really are. And so this episode that's coming at you guys just made sense because Haley had the amazing idea because like I just said, she's very interested in Abraham Lincoln and presidential history in general. And I, as we know, obsessed with the Kennedys and- there is a urban legend of sorts that ties together Kennedy and Lincoln in a ton of really weird ways if you look into it. So Haley had the idea to have an episode about it. And I was like, absolutely, freaking let's do it. Okay, Haley, tell everybody just a little bit about yourself first before we get started.
1: Okay, so I am originally from Missouri. I graduated from William Jewell College in May, and I just moved out to D.C. a few months ago. So started working out here. That's where I met you through NextGen for the White House Historical Association. And I've always kind of been a presidential nerd. I wanted to run for president for a hot second. And Got to college and realized history was more my calling. So I really studied presidential history, uh,
0: which is the combination between history and political science. And And you're really freaking smart. (laughs) Right. You teach me things all the time. So anyway, I thought that we would start by like sharing some of the weird coincidences, do you think? And then we'll kind of go into assassination and funeral setups and all that kind of stuff. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this Lincoln-Kennedy connection, the coincidences, the urban legend, really all started immediately after the Kennedy assassination. And it served as a way to kind of compare Kennedy to one of the great presidents of our past um, and kind of solidified his legacy, similar to how Jackie did with Camelot. But the coincidences here, some are eerily- Strange, but some of them are just completely false. And I would love to help debunk those false narratives that we have. Um, so, just some general similarities. Both names have seven letters in their names but this isn't really unique there's a few other presidents that have seven letters in their name jackson johnson harding clinton both were directly concerned with civil rights uh, lincoln was elected in 1860 kennedy in 1960 lincoln was elected to congress in 1847 kennedy in 1947 so the dates there really do align perfectly 100, exactly 100 years apart Another similarity is in their vice presidents. So both of their vice presidents were named Johnson, Andrew Johnson, Lyndon Johnson. Uh, Both were Southerners who were born in 08. So Andrew Johnson was from Tennessee. He was born December 29th, 1808. And Lyndon B. Johnson was from Texas. He was born January 22nd, 1908. Um, So again, the dates born a hundred years apart, kind of eerie. Both vice presidents also served in the Senate before becoming vice president and were both chosen to be the vice president strategically so that they could win the election. With Lincoln, his first vice president, Hannibal Hamlin, who was his vice president for his first term, he was from Maine. But for the 1864 election, he went with Andrew Johnson because he was from Tennessee and he needed those more Southern votes.
0: That is very parallel, too. Like very parallel to Kennedy and Johnson. Yes, uh, both
1: presidents were over six foot tall. Lincoln was six four, the tallest president we've had so far, and Kennedy was six one. However, there's 19 presidents that are over six foot tall, so that's not really super special. However, they were tall, so so both. Lincoln and Kennedy had a wandering eye in some of their portraits. Of course, Kennedy with all of his medical issues. Um, but Lincoln, his left eye rolled upwards whenever he was really excited or tired. And then his left eyelid also drooped a little bit. And this could have been from getting kicked in the head by a horse when he was 10 years old. But also, your eyes do weird things when you're stressed. And I can't imagine why Lincoln would be stressed at the time. <laughs> yeah. No idea. (laughs) And then they both had a brother that was named after their father. So Abraham Lincoln had a brother, Thomas Lincoln Jr., who was born in either 1812 or 1813. He died a few days after he was born, but he was named after their father. And then, of course, Joe Jr. was named after uh, Joe Sr. And both of those brothers died before Lincoln and Kennedy took office. Another similarities with their pets. So both families really just kind of let their kids have as many pets as they wanted. There were a few other families in the White House that had some strange pets, the Coolidge's, the Roosevelt's. But with the Lincolns, they had a dog named Fido that they gave to a family friend whenever he was elected to keep in Springfield, just kind of take care of him while they were in DC. Um, But the dog was stabbed by a drunk man and Baird—it's a really interesting story. Go look it up because it's—it's a weird story that Lincoln's dog would be
0: killed. That is
1: weird. A drunk man, yeah. Oh. Springfield,
0: Illinois. Stay safe out there. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that—that that was bleak. <laughs> but i didn't you, expect fido's story to turn so quickly and if
1: you go to the lincoln museum in springfield they when you go inside there's a little log cabin and they have a little statue replica of fido right outside Aww.
0: The, i've never been there i want to go
1: We have
0: to go it's one of my favorite places of honors
1: um but lincoln also had two goats nanny and nanco which willie and tad would hitch carts on them and ride them around the white house and feed them a ton of baby carrot. (laughs) Um, and it was, it was really cute story. Um, had lots of rabbits, cats, uh, Tad had two ponies and then Lincoln had a horse named old Bob who served as the riderless horse in his funeral
0: procession. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that was actually his horse that served as that.
1: Wow. And then of course the Kennedy's also had ponies, macaroni and texts, parakeets, dogs, you name it. They had it. There's Mm -hmm. also, Connection with turkeys between the Lincoln and Kennedys. So Tad Lincoln had a, the Lincoln family had a turkey for Thanksgiving and Tad loved animals. He befriended the turkey, named him Jack. And um, his father said something along the lines of, don't get too attached to him tomorrow. You won't have a pet. And Tad had Lincoln wrapped around his little finger. He begged and pleaded and eventually saved Jack's poor turkey life. And- adopted them. So they had a pet turkey. That is hilarious. Yeah. So that was in 1863. And then in 1963, JFK was the first president to use the term pardoning for the turkey for Thanksgiving. And that's now a common
0: tradition. I did not realize that he was the first one that did that.
1: He's the first one to use the term pardoning. I believe Eisenhower or Truman started the tradition. The first one to use the term pardoning of the Thanksgiving turkey, we call it now. That's very interesting. And then the final just kind of general similarity that they had is they both had a child die both before and during their White House years. Both families had a very tragic family life. With the Lincolns, their son, Eddie, died a month before his fourth birthday in 1850 of what was most likely tuberculosis. And then um, the Kennedys with their miscarriage in 1955 and then the stillbirth of Arabella in 1956. And then with Lincoln, um, while they were in the White House, their son Willie died of what was probably typhoid fever in 1862. And Tad also developed typhoid fever, but he recovered. And then while the Kennedys were in the White House, their son Patrick died a few days after. He was born in 1963. And then there were a few other presidents that went through the loss of a child while they were in the White House. John Adams lost his 30-year-old estranged son when he was president. The Coolidge's lost their 16-year-old son, Calvin Jr., after he got a blister on his toe. He was playing tennis at the White House uh, without shoes on, and he developed staph infection, which led to sepsis.
0: Oh, man. That's awful. Yes. It's so crazy what modern medicine has changed for us. Like, that's, that's nothing anymore, and that's detrimental to someone's life back in the day.
1: And then Franklin Pierce, it wasn't while he was in the White House, but while he was on the way to his inauguration, his 11 year old son, Benny, was on the train with him and his wife and the train crashed and a giant piece of wood fell on his head and killed him instantly, which gave Pierce PTSD. And some historians say that that's why he wasn't a very effective president is because it started off on such a rough patch, understandably so, losing your right in front of you. So although they weren't the only presidents to go through that loss, you know, losing a child like that really does bond you in a weird way. Island Lincoln Cottage has a room that's dedicated to, you know, the loss of a child and what that's like to go through. And they have a giant weeping willow in the middle of this room. It's it's really breathtaking and really puts things into perspective of what it's really like to lose a child and to be two of the few presidents that have had to go through that is really something that, you know, no one ever wants to, but it's eerie that they are two of the presidents that have had to go through the loss of a child before and during their White House years.
0: Yeah, it is, for sure.
1: And moving on to more tragedy, their assassinations.
0: Yeah. There are a
1: lot of similarities here. So both were shot on Friday before a major holiday. So Lincoln was shot on Friday, April 14th, which was Good Friday right before Easter. And then Kennedy was shot on the Friday before Thanksgiving in 1963. Um, Another president was also shot on a Friday, William McKinley. He survived eight days. He ended up dying on Saturday the 14th. But then the only other president to be assassinated, James Garfield, he was shot on a Saturday. So three of the four presidents who were assassinated were shot on a Friday. But Lincoln and Kennedy were shot the Friday before a major holiday, which is where they're drawing the similarities there. Both had mortal shots, but neither of them were killed immediately. So Lincoln was shot at 10.15 p.m. on the 14th. He died at 7.22 a.m. on the 15th. And then Kennedy was shot around 12.30 and pronounced dead at 1 o'clock. So neither of them were instantly killed, but it was obvious that neither of them were going to make it. They were both assassinated in the presence of their wife and another couple. So Lincoln was with Major Rathbone and his fiance, Claire Harris. The Kennedys were with Governor Connolly and his wife. And the male guest in each of those instances was also injured in the attack, but survived. So with the Lincoln assassination, Major Rathbone had a big slash in his forearm from the knife that Booth had. So he, so Booth shot Lincoln, switched to his knife and used it to stab Major Rathbone, who was trying to stop him from escaping, jumped out of the presidential box and escaped. But Major Rathbone did survive, recovered from his injuries. And then Governor Connolly had gunshot wounds from the assassination uh, in his thigh, his wrist, punctured lung and rip fracture. And then the wives were both at the assassination and both held their husband's head until doctors came and took over for them and again, actually she became hysterical she is commonly perceived as just this crazy lady but she endured so much loss the death of her sons when they were young and then her husband assassinated right beside her she was put in a mental institution for a while by her son robert um, she just, she never fully recovered from the grief that she experienced. And she mm-hmm. frequently had to be removed from Lincoln's room in the Peterson house where he died because she just became so hysterical. She couldn't, she couldn't pull herself together, which I don't think I could either. Oh, no, I couldn't.
0: Yeah, it's awful.
1: And then moving on to the assassins for both Lincoln and Kennedy. For this, we're going with Lee Harvey Oswald as the assassin for the Kennedy assassination. I know there's conspiracy theories, but we're not getting into that. We're going with Lee Harvey Oswald.
0: <laughs> My girl. <laughs> she, knows, she knows how to podcast. <laughs> I know <you> so well.
1: <laughs> but both killers were murdered before their trial began. So John Wilkes Booth escapes. There's a giant nationwide manhunt to find him. He flees to Port Royal, Virginia, and he's caught in Richard Garrett's tobacco barn. And he was shot by Boston Corbett on April 26th. Uh, This was around 2 a.m. and he ended up dying about three hours later. And he is buried in an unmarked grave in Baltimore at his family plot. And I plan on going there sometime soon to go see it. And then with Lee Harvey Oswald, of course, he was shot by Jack Ruby on November 24th, two days after the assassination, um, while he was being transported and died shortly thereafter. So neither killer was given the chance to, you know, really say why they did it. Booth wrote letters in his journal and letters to newspapers explaining why he did it. Um, But of course, with Lee Harvey Oswald, we'll never know both assassins when you put their full names together the three names have 15 letters in their name and again this is similar to what they did with kennedy and lincoln's names having seven letters they're grasping at straws here trying to find any similarity that they can but they do both have 15 letters and both of them go by all three names so john wilkes Booth, lee harvey oswald however Lee Harvey Oswald didn't always go by all three names. He used a lot of aliases throughout his life, but you know, he was normally Lee Oswald or Lee Harvey. It was never Lee Harvey Oswald. The press did that after the assassination because he used so many aliases to really specify this is the one that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And it's also common with notorious killers or assassins to use their full name so that it's not john booth because there's a million john booths in the world yeah so if you specify the three names then both of them went by by their three names although that wasn't always the case for their whole life Mm
0: -hmm. that makes sense though so you don't put people in a bad position that have the name you know
1: and then there's also some debate over where the bullet struck the head for each of the two assassinations. So with Lincoln, he was shot on the left side, but there's debate over whether the bullet lodged behind his left eye or his right eye, because at the very last second, the actor that was on stage said a funny line that got the whole crowd to erupt in laughter. That's how Booth knew when to pull the trigger. He had it all timed out so that the laughter would muffle the sound of the shot. So when the actor said the line, Lincoln turned ever so slightly, and that made the bullet enter from the left and lodge behind the right eye. However, there are a few doctors that at the time of the assassination believed that it was lodged behind the left eye, that it went straight through instead of diagonal across his brain.
0: And I guess, did he have an autopsy? Was that a thing then?
1: The autopsy, I mean, it's nothing like what it would be today, but- from what I found, this was during the autopsy is when they had this disagreement because mm-hmm. two of the doctors said that it was on the left eye, two said it was on the right eye. Gotcha. Um, there, were, there were multiple doctors in the box with him at Ford's and taking care of him once he got across to the Peterson house. Um, so there were multiple doctors checking in on him all hours of the day. But and then, of course, with Kennedy still debate over where the bullet entered, where it exited, all of that. But with Kennedy, because of his back brace, it was so restrictive that if he didn't have that on, he likely could have doubled over after the Mm -hmm. first shot. Could have saved his life. Um, But because he was wearing that back brace, he was stuck straight up. That's why his arms go up because he couldn't bend down. Yeah,
0: That had to be such a tragic realization after the fact too, for everybody to know like, oh wait, this could have been different.
1: And the fact that They planned on having the bubble top on the limousine, but the rain Mm.
0: cleared up. I know.
1: And then with the cars, um, so Lincoln was shot in a theater named Ford's. Kennedy was shot in a Lincoln made by Ford.
0: That's weird.
1: That is really It's weird.
0: Yeah. You can't deny that. Like when you stack everything up together, it's just so weird. So many coincidences.
1: And then with their funerals, so... Jackie told the chief usher that she wanted everything the exact same as Lincoln's funeral. Same catafalque, which is, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but that's the wooden structure that's draped in black, and it's what the coffin sits on when it's in the rotunda or the east room. room. Um, So she wanted the same catafalque. She wanted the same black drapings, everything to look very similar to the Lincoln funeral. The Lincoln catafalque was quickly constructed after his assassination to be used in the East Room and in the Capitol. And that same one has been used ever since. It's been slightly adjusted for the size and weight of modern coffins, but the structure is still the same as 1865
0: which is insane that's wild yeah what a piece of history
1: there are a lot of people that have used that catafalque before everyone that lays in state at the capitol rotunda uses that it's actually housed in the capitol visitor center in a special vault and then transported whenever they need to use it the most recent one was with bob dole in december of 2021 but every other Former, We've got former presidents, Supreme Court justices, the unknown soldiers, all of them that are laid and stayed in the rotunda use the Lincoln catwalk. So JFK did as well, but Jackie was very specific. She wanted this in the East Room mm-hmm. when he was in the White House. And one difference is that Lincoln had an open casket and Kennedy had a closed casket. It's a lot easier to disguise a wound in the back of the head when you were in a coffin, then it would be Kennedy's wounds. So it makes sense why he would have a closed casket. But with Lincoln, he had an open casket, went on a, his funeral train went across the country. He died on April 15th and he wasn't buried until May 4th. So that whole time he's on a
0: funeral procession around the country. He had to look rough by the time I got there. Yes.
1: So they had to pump embalming fluid in him regularly to keep the appearance there. But they ordered that you couldn't take any photographs of Lincoln's face in the casket. However, in New York, when he was laying in state at the City Hall Rotunda, a photographer set up before the public came in and took a picture. And in it, you can see Lincoln's face. Interesting. Now, Edwin Stanton ordered every copy of that picture to be burned, destroyed, the originals, the copies, everything gone, because he didn't want people to remember Lincoln like that.
0: No, I think it makes sense.
1: Remember him how he was in life, not in death. Mm -hmm. And so that's why he ordered every picture to be destroyed. However, one copy remained. They sent it to Stanton, and he offered the picture to his son, Robert Lincoln, um, but he didn't want to see it. And so... Stanton kept it in his personal files. It got passed around for a while. There was word that it was supposed to be in a time capsule that was under a statue, I believe in Richmond, Virginia, that was unearthed last year, a few years ago. I don't remember when it was, but this time capsule was supposed to have the original copy of that photograph. I have searched everywhere on the internet and cannot find if it was actually in that time capsule. So if any of your viewers know, I am dying to know
0: where this picture is. I would send it my way guys in my DMs, if you know, and I will get it to Haley. Yes. <laughs> That's very interesting. It makes sense though, I think, to not want photos. and so Obviously we don't have, well- there are, unfortunately, like, autopsy photos of President Kennedy. And that's one thing that I've always... I, I think I had a magazine or something a while back that had some of them in it. And I was like, that's terrible. I don't want to see him like that. And I you know that the family wouldn't appreciate that. Or anybody. You don't want you know, people to be seen, especially in an autopsy photo. That's even different than like when he, you know, President Lincoln was traveling around or in the train and stuff. But um, yeah, I get that. I get them not wanting people to take a picture, but also if you parade a body around that much, I'm shocked. There's only one (laughs) truly. Yeah. No. Of course, can't, pictures were a bigger to do back then. You can they weren't silent. I don't think, and there was like a, ba- a bulb and a whole situation. A yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it would be easier to catch somebody than nowadays. Okay, you want to move on to the false assumptions. Yeah, we can do that. Oh, I do want to mention, though, first, a lot of us know that, it's have studied the Kennedys in general, know that uh, Jackie did, like you said, want everything modeled after Lincoln's funeral. And I just wanted to mention, I think that's so brilliant of her. I mean, it's no secret that I think she's brilliant in every way anyway. But I think that was a brilliant move because she knew that President Kennedy's presidency was short. She mm-hmm. knew that if she didn't do things correctly or if she didn't... Um, you know, play play the right pieces and make the right story come together in a sense, then it would be probably easier for his legacy not to be as big as it is now. So I think that in making the big production and making it as elaborate as President Lincoln's was and making it, inviting all these foreign leaders and this huge culmination of an event was brilliant.
1: Absolutely.
0: Could not have born.
1: Mm-hmm. So these are things that are commonly believed that are the similarities, you know, between the Kennedys and Lincolns, but are just not factually true. So it's commonly believed that Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy who advised him not to go to the theater, and Kennedy had a secretary, Evelyn Lincoln, who advised him not to go to Dallas. There's no evidence that Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy. His secretaries in the White House were John Nicolay and John Hay. So no evidence of a secretary named Kennedy. But Lincoln's bodyguard, William Crook, warned him against going to the theater that night because he had been having dreams of Lincoln being assassinated for the past three nights. Now, this wasn't the bodyguard that was on duty during the assassination. This is the bodyguard that was on duty the morning of, so the morning of the 14th. I believe he was working until 4 p.m., but he warned Lincoln against going to the theater. And Lincoln also had dreams of his own death. I forget how many times he did. There were multiple times where he dreamt his own death or saw his own ghost, according to what I've read. So kind of foreshadowing.
0: Also, I mean, if both of his uh, secretaries were John, I mean, that's... I know. That is a similarity. I mean John's a very common name but still.
1: <laughs> it's also commonly believed that Booth ran from a theater and was caught in a warehouse and Oswald ran from a warehouse and was caught in a theater. Now this is this is kind of where it's a stretch because Booth was caught in a tobacco barn not a warehouse but I mean comparing it to a warehouse it's it's a stretch. Um, But Oswald was caught in a movie theater, but he was being apprehended for the death of Officer J.D. Tippett, not for the assassination. It wasn't until after he was brought in that they found the connection to the Kennedy assassination. It's a a stretch, but it's there. And another one is that both assassins were Southerners. Now, John Oaks Smith was from Maryland, which was still part of the Union, but he did have Southern sympathies. That's a common fact. He assassinated lincoln in the hopes that it would start a second uprising of the confederacy and oswald was from new orleans which is in the south but he also lived in new york for a while and texas but since the kennedy assassination wasn't motivated by a regional divide this is really just a coincidence that both of them were and really both of them weren't even southerners because booth was from maryland which was a border Mm -hmm. Um, some people say that Booth and Oswald were both born in 39. So Booth in 1839, Oswald in 1939. However, this is where people fudge the numbers because John Wilkes Booth was born in 1838 and Oswald in 1939. So they fudged the numbers to make it look like they were exactly hundred years apart. People also say that both assassins were assassinated before their trial They were both killed before their trial, but I wouldn't necessarily classify that as an assassination because Booth was trapped in a burning barn when he was shot. And Oswald was sporadically shot by Jack Ruby in the downtown Dallas. So it's not really an assassination, um, but people like to say that because the assassin was assassinated. It's not true. And this is my favorite one because it's just so blatantly false. A week before Lincoln was shot, he was in Monroe, Maryland. A week before Kennedy was shot, he was with Marilyn Monroe. But Marilyn Monroe died in August of 1962. Kennedy died in 1963. So she was dead at this point. Yeah. Really trying to, to make up their own similarities, fudging numbers a little bit really really stretching for it um when it's just it's just not
0: there and the thing is if people don't look into it or know the history or anything like that then they're gonna believe that they're gonna be like oh no
1: way you know
0: but we're like wait hold I up heard
1: so many people send me facebook posts of all these similarities between the two and it has all of these historically incorrect and mm-hmm. data and i'm like no this is this <laughs> many people will just believe it so i'm glad that i was able
0: to kind of yes you have taught me so much (laughs) this is amazing i had looked a little bit before but i did not even remotely uncover all of this so thank you so much what an interesting like i'm surprised that i have not done this yet i think that's what i told you i was like wow how have i not drawn these similarities because it's such a popular thing Well, Haley, thank you so much. Everybody, make sure that you rate, review, subscribe, all the things, and only write a positive review if you like the podcast. Don't write a review. Otherwise, please, you can just DM me if you hate me. It's fine. Make sure you check out my merch shop. I've got all kinds of sweatshirts and fun things for the winter. Make sure you get your Christmas gifts and uh, bless someone with Kennedy Dynasty. And make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter, and I will talk to you guys soon.
2: Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates.